Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Working Girls. I'm Trinity the Tuck. And I'm Ginger Midge. I'm so excited today. Me too. I'm so excited about our guest. Well, I just had like five Red Bulls, so I'm super excited, not only about our guests, but about life in general. You're, you're just like, oh, yes, hello. Yes, it is coursing through my veins right now. <laughs> I feel invincible. I'm going to crash and like, 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> Just as long as you don't have to pee through the podcast. Oh, I don't pee. Okay. Oh. At all, ever. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't. No, if I did, I'm tucked so tight, it would shoot over my shoulder. Oh. Be like the splash zone at SeaWorld. <laughs> well, that's controversial. We can't talk about SeaWorld. Oh my, why can't we talk about SeaWorld? Oh, because that Blackfish documentary. Oh, that's true. That's, mm-hmm. that's true. They're getting rid of, they're, well, they're, they're not allowing them to do any more yeah. Things with. Well, it's all about activism, you know, and I understand that. I, I think that it's very important if you're going to be an activist for something that you really kind of understand what it is you're fighting for. And I think a lot of people were very uninformed after the documentary came out. I and mean, I don't know, girl, I don't know. I don't work for SeaWorld. I don't know any of that shit. But um, now it seems like the right steps are being made and the real progress is starting to happen because they're they're weaning out all of these shows with, with Shamu and all the Yeah. So it, it's becoming more of a um, a habitat, a more of a rehabilitation center for all of these animals. That's cool. I, I felt that way after I watched Free Willy. Free Willy! Yes! Well, that's what I do every time I untug. I just, Free Willy! <laughs> Well, no, that one, never mind. I was going to make a minnow joke, but. I mean, well, that's true. The SS minnow, but it is a three hour tour. It is gorgeous. Well, let's welcome our guest for today. Speaking of activism. Yes, I, yes. I love our next guest. I've, I had a chance to work with her and um, she's absolutely stunning. Um, I know I'm looking at her right now yeah. and I just, at first I thought it was just like a, a screensaver, you know, one of those really beautiful airbrushed photographs. It is not. I know. It is Riley Knox. How are you doing? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Hello. Thanks for look, having me. Oh, <laughs> thanks for being had. <laughs> you look beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. So do you. You're just glowing. Like, is it a good ring light or a good skin regimen or a combination of both? Well, I don't have a ring light up, but um, I it's it's um it's uh um Huda Beauty, the, all the the glow. Oh, uh, well, it's yeah, working. I, yeah, I wear it from head to toe. <laughs> it's beautiful. So, um, do you think we would look that gorgeous if we tried Huda Beauty from head to toe? Uh, no, <laughs> we would never look that beautiful, even with filters. <laughs> I like my photographs, like my cigarettes, filtered. Well, Riley really looks like this in, in person, too. It's not it's not just um, a filter or anything. She is this stunning. Uh, the first time I saw her, I wanted to slap her um, because she's so pretty. And what is so, like, even more annoying about it is she's just genuinely lovely as oh, well. Yeah. Such a nice person. You can't be pretty and nice, damn it. Thank you. I, I try. I try to be nice to people. I, I mean, I don't know. There might be some people that that might not uh, agree with you, but uh, <laughs> I try to be nice to everybody. You know, I've always been like that. But you know, you're very really well known across the world. Um, but for those of our listeners that don't know who Riley is, you are a the number one Beyonce impersonator in the world. Yeah. That yeah. is a lot of pressure. I uh-huh. Well, I feel like you should probably be the only Beyonce impersonator in the world. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I mean, we have seen well, so we many have people try it. 
I know. You know, it's funny too because I've been doing, I've been performing now for twenty years. I've been doing Beyonce for like seventeen years, I think. And Ooh. well, whenever uh, Crazy in Love came out, um, so it's it's it didn't start out as good as it is now, <laughs> but I worked on it and worked on it. Um, and how I got the name. Um, well, first it was DC's own Beyonce um, because everyone was doing Beyonce in 2003. Yeah. And like yeah. everyone, every, it was so crazy. And Mine was I, untouchable. I, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because it was the most overplayed song in 2003 and everyone was doing the song and everyone wanted to do Beyonce because it was the hottest thing. And um, I was invited to a birthday party where the guest, I mean, the guest of honor told me, the birthday girl, she's like, I want you to perform Beyonce. I've, I've seen you do it. I want you to do it. But before I performed, at least nine girls had performed it before me. So by the time I got ready to go out there, everyone was like, we are Beyonce to death. We don't want to hear crazy in love ever again. It was crazy. <laughs> but I went out there and I had the wind machines. I had the hair. I had the matching costume from the BET Awards that she had just worn. And I had this guy, you know, do the routine with me and all this stuff. And by the time I finished, I got a standing ovation. Everybody was just like, no one should ever do Beyonce again. <laughs> and so then that's what happened. And then I started really studying her. And then, you know, after, you know, 17 years later, here we are. I would never, like, if I was in a show with you, I would never want to do Beyonce. Like, I would be, I would look at you. I'm like, if I'm doing Beyonce, I have to go before Well, her. you and I should probably never do Beyonce anyway. <laughs> You were right. I mean, I I actually do love performing a couple of her songs. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, Beyonce's just so overdone, and with every drag show that you go to, mm -hmm. um, that unless you're doing her as a character, I'm I'm just not. I'm not even trying to do it. Well, see, and that's what I felt like. You know, everybody after season seven wanted me to do Adele. And it was the height of Adele, you know, like yeah. every fat girl with a, a strawberry blonde wig was out there in a little black dress, waving her hands and pretending to be Adele. And I was like, I can't yep. do this anymore. I am, yep. I personally am sick of it Yeah, because I've seen it so much. And I also mm -hmm. saw Adele impersonators that were a lot more qualified than I was, mm -hmm. like Delta work. So yep. I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna let her have that because it is not for me. Yeah. I, I characters just have never been my thing. I mean, I, I've done them, but they, I don't do them well. Yeah, <laughs> I and, and, see, and see, that was the thing for me. Like after I transitioned, it was just like I'm, I'm just a Beyonce impersonator. So like when people were just like, "Well, why don't you do something different?" I'm like, "Cause I don't want to," and that is not what I was hired here to do. Yeah. And so I just, I, but the thing for me is, well, the great thing is that Beyonce was constantly doing new things and so I would constantly have to like reinvent ways to do it and so it was never always the exact same so people never got tired of it but then I noticed that if I decided one week you know at the club like I'm, I'm just I'm gonna leave Beyonce alone this weekend everybody's like what this is what we came to see are you kidding me I brought my mother here to see you I brought my sister and I'm just like okay fine like and then after a while I was just like okay this is all that I want to do I want to focus just on this character I just want to be a Beyonce impersonator not just an entertainer and then you know and then that's, you know, now I'm selling out shows doing, and it's crazy to me because when I first started out, people were just like, okay, first of all, you just need to like do something else. And then I think about the fact that people actually pay good money to come to my concerts for an hour and 45 minutes and watch me do every Beyonce song under the sun. Yeah. Like, you never, that never, 
would have flown back then, but now, you know. I would totally pay. I would. I would pay for it. Where are you originally from? So I'm originally from uh, the smallest city. It's called Hartsville, South Carolina. Um, and I moved to DC 21 years ago. So I really say I'm from DC because I was very young when I, I moved here and I knew no one. And I just basically met friends and family and I was really introduced to all like the drag queens and taken to my first drag club and like the gay guys, everyone became my family. And I was pushed out onto a stage when I came here. Um, and the first song I ever did was called What About uh, by Janet Jackson. It's from the Velvet Rope album. Yeah. It's, about it's about domestic violence. And it was very dramatic. And I was a shy little kid who everybody was just like, there's no way this kid's going to go out there and do this. And I still have a picture to this day of all the drag queens coming from outside to see my first performance, clutching their pearls like, what? This little shy kid did this. And then I was bit by the bug. So It's always the little shy kids. Uh -huh. It's always because I'm from Leesburg, Florida, which is a teeny, teeny, tiny little town, 45 minutes north of Orlando and like 45 years behind it culturally. Yeah. And I've been in Orlando for the last 15 years. So like you, I'm from Leesburg, but I claim Orlando because that's it's what made me who I am. You know, it's they pushed me out into the spotlight the same way. And I was always the scared, quiet little person in the corner. And people yep. never believe that because they're like, oh my, you're so outspoken or you've done theater your whole life. Theater was my therapy. It was the only way to get me comfortable speaking in front of people. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until drag that I really was like, oh no, yeah. I can do this. I can show you exactly what's going on here. I, I will say performing for me definitely took me away from being shy. I'm not shy at all anymore. And then obviously 20 years later, I'm not. But um, I was literally the kid that would sit in the corner at backstage with all the drag queens. And this was when I wasn't performing at first. And they were just like, you need to do this. Bring a wig and a, and a number. And I'm like, no. I would sit and stare at them. And they're just like, what's wrong with this kid? Like, why is he always like staring at us? And it was because I was so fascinated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this was before before my transition. So that's why I say he. Um, and so I would just sit there and just stare at them. And it was just like amazing to me. It was just so fascinating. And they were literally, they are the shoulders that I stand on because I a lot of them have passed on now that I, you know, used to see perform. And it was just amazing to me. Yeah, still I is. remember I'm, I'm from Birmingham. I still claim Birmingham is like where I'm from, even though I haven't lived there since 2011. And, but I, I, when I started drag there, there was one major, well, I won't say major, there was one bar that was predominant there. It wasn't a major bar, it was a hole in the wall, but it did bring in a lot of entertainers from around the, the country. Yeah. This was before Drag Race. So like it was, it was mostly pageant winners. And so I would be the same, same as you, that little uh scared quiet boy in the corner of the uh, dressing room when these miss continentals and miss us of a's would come there and i would be like uh, and you know most of them were trans women and yeah. a lot of them were trans women of color so i'm i would be just sitting there just in awe of how stunning yes. these women were and they were yeah. they were who, who really influenced me wanting to do pageants and doing uh, what I would consider female impersonation mm -hmm. at the time. That's what the direction I wanted my drive to go. Now, the pictures would, would definitely say <laughs> otherwise. I, I didn't look like anything like them. <laughs> but, 
but um, uh, they, they definitely influenced me. But that's where I would claim where I'm from is, is Birmingham. So I feel like we all three have that kind of like small yeah. town story. Well, and mm-hmm. I wanted to be Carmela Marcella Garcia so oh. bad because when I used to sneak into Southern Nights, she was the hostess at the time. And I loved that she would come out there, white lipstick, totally glamorous, but looking like a damn fool, uh-huh. in a dress that was probably an extra small when she needed a triple extra large. <laughs> and she'd pull a lit cigarette out of her purse and smoke it. And then she'd take the microphone out of her purse and whack people on the head. And she was just the life of the party. And I used to do the same thing. I would sit in that dressing room and just stare at her until one day she was like, Mary, what the hell you keep staring at me for? You're making me nervous. <laughs> I was like, I just want to be you so bad. So she sat down and she said, I'm going to teach you how to fish. And I was like, okay, what the hell does that mean? She painted half of my face. Oh, no. Oh, no. she refused to let me walk out on stage. Oh, no. Until I painted the other half. Girl, I was pulling the bangs of that wig. She gave me all the way down on the other because it looked like I had Bell's palsy. (laughs) Half of my face had melted on the sun. Oh, God. So, uh, Riley, you, since you're from a small town and you've like obviously traveled the world, how does it feel to be that, like, you're an impersonation, uh, an impersonator of one of the most powerful, talented, women in the world like there's got to be pressure from like when you're going to these cities especially places you've never been before and Mm -hmm. people are like you are Beyonce like how does that feel that's got to be I I don't even know what that feels like it's it's a lot of pressure especially you know when you first go on stage especially if they've never heard of you before or um like for instance I've been flown into people's weddings that were these big crazy elaborate you know, millions and millions of dollar weddings and people, it's, it's, it's amazing to watch people like hear the music. And then I go out onto the stage and they're just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Cause they, they're waiting for it to be like kind of janky. Um, it's a great feeling, but like you said, it is so much pressure. I work very hard to perfect every part of it. Um, it is hard um, because I was I, I was not a trained dancer, although my dancers all say to me that I can't say that after 20 years. They're like, you're definitely a trained dancer now. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't come from the world of like, oh, wanting to be a dancer. I know a lot of entertainers who, you know, went to like school for dance. Um, but all my dancers did go to school for dance. So that's great. And they, you know, t- they're so patient with me. Um, but... I try, I work very hard to, whether it's the costumes, the hair, the makeup, the, you know, the mannerisms, all of that. And now after, you know, 17 years of doing it, I don't really have to think about it. It just kind of turns on. Yeah. But as soon as I walk off the stage, it turns right off. Yeah. <laughs> it's, completely, yeah. it's completely gone. Yeah. I do a meet and greet and I think people are expecting a little more in the meet and greet and I'm just kind of like myself. So it's just, it's very interesting to me. Um, but like you said, it is a lot of pressure, but I also thrive under pressure. I'm yeah. one of those people that I love a challenge. I don't ever want to, you know, feel like I'm getting too comfortable. I love it, which is why I started, you know, doing my own concerts and just broke away from the, just the regular drag shows um, because I wanted to challenge myself to be able to do a concert back to back with 30 songs and do all that stuff. Um, and then constantly changing it throughout. Um, but 
you know, I, I just don't, I try not to get too comfortable with it because it can all go away soon. And, you know, the thing is that I, I just turned 40. So you turned shut up. up. No. Yeah, I turned 40 last week. And the Ooh. thing is, Happy birthday. I just, thank you. Um, but, you know, I know that I'm not going to be able to do this forever. You know, Beyonce yeah. won't be able to do it forever. And we're the same age. So like my knees are going to give out, you know, whatever. But I, I, I would like to leave this on my own terms. I would like to say, okay, this is enough. I'm ready to hang the leotard up, ready to do other things. Um, but until then, I just try to work as hard as I can to constantly keep it fresh, to constantly keep people, you know, um, entertained and not just doing the same thing all the time the same way. Um, but also do the things that, you know, Beyonce is known for and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. So I have a question. So like with with Chad Michaels and um, Venus Delight and Derek Barry, you know, they've made personal sacrifices to look more like the character that they they have made a career off of. Um, they make a lot of those like choices that that definitely make them look more like these characters and mm -hmm. seem more like these characters and act more like these characters is that something that you do as well or is it just you're naturally blessed to just be so yeah. similar well nothing permanently no um it's very interesting to me i think I, I will say that i definitely lucked out in that area um because and, and when I really realized that it was, it was when I was not performing, when I wasn't trying to look like Beyonce, and someone would say, "Me, you know who you look like," or a, kid, a little girl. <laughs> I was in the, I was in the store. Um, I was in a convenience store, and I was working at an apothecary spot at the time. And this girl, this girl, uh, this little maybe ten years old, and Beyonce had just had a concert the night before in D.C. And the little girl goes, oh, "I don't know you, Beyonce," and I went, and she went, "Oh." And I was just like, hmm, interesting. And it would be like if I had dark hair at the time. Like if I, you know, my at the time my real hair was was dark. Now it's blonde. But it, it's it's funny. Like people say, oh, you kind of look like Beyonce, but like with dark hair. And so that would happen. Um, as far as like when I go on stage, there's a lot more that I do to really sell the illusion. But other than that, like in my everyday life, I like having my everyday life. If I happen to just somebody happens to say, oh, you look like her. And there's that. Um, I, the great thing is that we are the same age, but I have had nothing done to my face or body to look like Beyonce at all. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, but you know, it's funny though. It's funny because I think people think that like, and I don't know what you would do to like, I, you know, I, I look back at old pictures of myself when I first started performing and in, in, in like in the face and I'm just like, I don't know. They, Somebody said that their it was a Dolly Parton impersonator said to me that her grandmother said if you stare at someone long enough you end up looking like them. I don't know. <laughs> but I that's don't know. we've seen so many Beyonce impersonators, so many in the clubs, on tour, on TV, on Drag Race. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that nobody, well, nobody can nail her personality because it's just so. She's indifferent towards everything, but so regal. And it's hard to nail that, but nobody looks like her. And but, that's, you. but that's why I was like, are they, like, what have you done? Because you look just like her. I think, you know, I think like hair choices also help. And also hair. you learn to, to tweak makeup techniques that really help um, in like, you don't even do like stage makeup like chad michaels does like 
Right. You, you're just naturally blessed to be just yeah. a stunning woman. Um, you. you, but you also, you said you, you, you're, you've transitioned. So yes. I'm sure hormones take a, a huge hormones. 100% hormones yeah. definitely help. Um, for sure. Um, the only, and it's so funny because I think because I'm trans people just assume that I've had like everything done. Like I don't have breast implants. My breasts are real. You know, um, my body's real. Like it's, I've had no injections or lipo or anything like that. I'm blessed in that way because I work out a lot, whatever. But as far as my face and I tell people this all the time, I have Botox. My nose has never been done. Um, I would never pick this first of all, because I, you know, it's so sharp. Um, and I have, I have, I have filler in my chin. And in my cheeks, and I got that all before I started performing Beyonce. So, what about your teeth? Those are, you have beautiful teeth. You think I have beautiful teeth? Yes. yes. Oh my God! You might be the only person in, in, in the world who's ever. Are you serious? Well, yes. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not like just. I can't see that like up in your grill like this club like but from where I'm at. Me also. My bot. Okay, so this is what's so funny. It's so funny you say this, and I'm talking to you about this. Is because so my bottom teeth. I have extreme crowding. My bottom teeth, and it's funny because I had. I was supposed to call before this. I was supposed to call and make a, an appointment with my dentist, right? But what no one knows is that I had Invisalign when we did the VMAs. Right? Oh yeah. And my and my teeth were straight. But the first day that we were there, I broke one of the of the um, my Invisalign. And because we were there for six days, remember? We were yep. there for like six days. I couldn't go home to get a new tray, right? So your teeth have such memory that they move right back. So wow. now I have to start Invisalign all overnight. And then the pandemic oh, no. hit. So I was able to do that. Yeah. So it's funny that you're saying that to me because I, the, the one, if there's the one thing that I really want to do are my teeth. And it's funny because Beyonce has really baby teeth. Like her teeth are really small, if you ever noticed. Uh, I don't want them bigger. I just want my crowding fixed. That's all. Well, I know lots of doctors, all kinds of doctors, some that aren't really doctors, you know, whatever you need, girl. <laughs> girl I got a pack of chiclets I'll glue up there for you. <laughs> I'm real cheap. <laughs> yeah, I got to start Invisalign all over because I broke them at the VMAs or while we were rehearsing for them. And I wasn't able to get a new, because you're supposed to just move on to the next set or either go back. And by the time I got home, they had moved so much that it didn't work out. I was like, That's yeah, I had straight teeth for like a month. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, yeah. I, we'll, we'll talk more about the VMAs because I, 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 since we did that together, I want to, to touch base on that. But you, you talked about, uh, I, I'm going back to the fact that you said that you transitioned. You mm -hmm. have a platform now. How has you having a platform um, been great for you speaking on trans activism and um, POC activism, because I know that you do that. I, I follow you on all your social media. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, you know, I will be very honest with you. When I first transitioned, um, I was all about, you know, being stealth and being like not wanting to, you know, announce to the world that I was trans and, and just also for safety reasons. And then just like with dating and all this stuff. Um, but I quickly learned especially with, you know, the more notoriety that I got performing, I quickly learned that I had a responsibility. And um, just like when I first moved to DC and all those trans women took me under their wings, I have the responsibility to do the same thing. And because I, I just think it would be extremely disrespectful to God for me to just, for everything that he's given me, for everything, and I'm not super religious, but, you know, I definitely believe in God, for everything that he's given me and all the 
talent that he poured into me and the attention that I got because of it for me to not use that in some way to help not only, you know, people of color, but also trans women um, and trans women of color. Um, it is, I, I look back at, you know, 10 years ago and I was very selfish at the time and rightly so because I'm still trying to make a name for myself and I was still trying to, you know, and I had, that was necessary in order for me to be able to do what I do now. It's like, now that I got your attention, what do I really have to say, yeah. you know? And um, while the Beyonce impersonation is the thing that gets people attracted to me as an entertainer, it's also now that I have this responsibility that I really feel now to be able to, uh, and, and, like, and, and it's also a privilege for me to yeah. be able at 40 years old to be able to do this because the average life expectancy for someone who is a transgender woman of color is 35. And, you know, I didn't think I would make it past 35. Yeah. So the fact that I have the privilege of living this long to be able to tell my story and to help my community is a something I take very serious. Um, I'm not super preachy about it, you know, and, and not saying that, you know, there's something wrong with like there's people that are, you know, do their activism a different way. Um, for me, I think it's, it's it's probably almost like the bait and switch of it all, you know? It's like you think you're, you're, you're there, you're locked into the whole Beyonce impersonation, you know, all of that. And then it's like, okay, but, you know, this is what I really have to say. And this is what I owe to my ancestors and also to the community coming up after me. What I love about your story, especially um, not too long ago, you, you you are being celebrated for the fact that you are not only a, a, a Beyonce impersonator, but a, a trans activist. You were recently hired by the NBA to do a halftime show, right? Yes. You're the first yeah. trans woman to ever do that. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because it's so crazy the thing that, you know, like I said, I was living stealth. Um, the thing that I used to shy away from is the thing that you know I'm famous for now. And I was so happy for that moment. Um, like I said, I've said it before in other interviews, I was happy to be the vessel because I, I really realized that this was bigger than me. You know, people were just saying, oh my God, you're the first to do it. You're, this is amazing. You know, whatever, you're going to be out there in front of all these people and all these, you know, in, in a, in a, in a profession um, or in a, in a situation that is normally predominantly thought of as, you know, quote unquote straight. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is great that I'm doing this. I'm just happy to be the vessel. The fact that somebody in our community is doing this, this is huge. huge. I'm so thankful. I was so thankful to the Washington Wizards for that because they were so nice. And um, afterwards, we had a little after party on the courts. And the best thing to come out of that, and even like a lot of people talk about it after that, but the fact that this mother came up to me and she had her little 10-year-old son with her. And she was like, I brought him here to witness this moment. He was trans. And she brought him there to witness that moment. And I thought to myself, if I were 10 years old, if I, if that would have happened for me, imagine how my life would have changed. And now because this is happening, he never has to grow up in a world where this is not possible, you know? Uh -huh. um, and they were so welcoming and so accommodating to me and the girls and my whole team. I'm so grateful for that. Um, I just, I was on a cloud. I'm still on a cloud from you. See, I got the basketball sitting behind me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's become a part of my legacy, but it's also, you know, it's a part of our legacy. You know, it's a part of, of the, the trans community, the queer, the queer community, you know, performers, all of that. And, you know, 
everything that I do in the did in the past, I used to always just it would just happen and I would just move on to the next, not try to take it in, you know. Yeah. And there's two two instances where you know I really tried to enjoy the moment. And one was when we were at the VMAs after Taylor went and performed, you know, Lover. I we were just standing still there. I wanted to just remember this whole moment. And then the second time was when um, I was doing formation at in the NBA. And you see me right after that, I, I posted on my page, like right after the hot sauce in my bag, swag, swag. But you see me look up, cause I was like, I want to remember every single part of this, you yeah. know? Cause so yeah. many things, and I know you guys know, you have big moments happen and it's like a blur. I wanted to remember that. Yeah. Well, I, so, I want to know, you were at the NBA with all those basketball players. Did you get you a husband? Cause girl, I would have been, that's what I, I you taking in all the, the scenery. I would have been like, okay, where's my husband? I need to like, get a husband. <laughs> So I can well, you know, you know, it's really funny because if if a lot of people that have been following me for a while will know this that I, you know, I've dated um, or there was let's say I was rumored to have dated um, a couple athletes. <laughs> so, so I wanted no part of that world while I was there. I was in rehearsal and then and I did an interview on the court right before and they were practicing and I was just like, nope. I'm staying out of this. Football players and basketball players have gotten me in trouble before. No, ma'am. So. <laughs> um, you, like, well, obviously, we performed together with Taylor Swift. You've also performed with Miley Cyrus and Jennifer Hudson before. Where, where, where were the? No, what was that about? I I didn't perform with Miley Cyrus. I performed oh, with Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. You, yeah okay. Yeah. Well, I was more interested in Jennifer Hudson anyway. <laughs> what did you do yeah, with Jennifer I, Hudson? Her 30th birthday party. I performed for her 30th birthday party. Yeah. Aww. It was so much fun. Um, and we're the same age. So it, it, it was really cool. It was, so was, I guess it was like 10 years ago. And um, it was it was amazing. She was so sweet. Yeah. Did she sing? She did not sing. She actually stood right there in front of me while I performed her song. I was going to sing if I was, if it was my birthday party. Oh, God, I would. I would a day off. Uh -uh. <laughs> right. We're doing not karaoke. She had, just, she had just performed for uh, Aretha Franklin. So she had just been working that night, I think maybe at the Kennedy Center or something oh. like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, the most exciting thing to me is when I first met you, which was on the set of Taylor Swift's music video yes. you, they had all these different impersonators you were obviously yes. beyonce they got me together girl they had me do gaga and I, I was with you in texas right before you like yeah the yeah we were we were doing a, tr uh, a sizzle reel for something that we were yeah. trying to get picked up but uh. um i i wasn't home to get my look together and so I was like oh well her team's gonna have to do it and that's why I looked a hot shitty mess for that music video because I let some. I thought she looked fabulous. It, I, like, I, I understand. I I understand, but you know, like not feeling in your element. But but I thought she looked fabulous. You know, the honest thing for me is I had so much fun being on set with all you ladies because we didn't have our phones. Yeah, right? it took our phones. Yeah. So so the thing that happens when you don't have your phone is you're forced to actually interact with people and actually get to know people. And that was for me amazing because I'm the only girl in the cast that didn't come from. Um, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, but you, know, you stood. That's, but the, they picked you because you stood on your own. You you made your you forged your own path. Yeah, but you know, for for me, you know, from my own standpoint, it was like all these girls kind of know each other, 
and they're much more known than I am. So it's cut, you know, it was nice for me to get to know you ladies yeah, and really right. just interact with you. And I felt like, oh, this I feel like part of the group now, you know. So Yeah, and yeah. and it was it was it was great to get to know you. And also like the fact that Taylor Swift came back there for like two hours with us was really cool. I know. That yeah. was awesome. The one time I wish somebody would have asked me to be Adele. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adele. Yeah, you were like, I'll tell her what it does. Oh, I'm just listening to the story going, yeah, I, I don't remember, but it sounds great. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's fun. The, the, that's the one thing that I remember. I just remember, like, it was just so much fun. It was like a sisterhood of all the girls there and being under that big tent with everybody. There was that. And then also forging a friendship with Taylor. Like, that was fun. Like, that was amazing for me. And then, you know, we went on to do the VMAs and all that stuff. And I still, like, I talked to Taylor on my birthday. Like, I talk, you know what I mean? It's really interesting all of that. And then I also am still friends with the other girls from, you know, and just, I get to, and now we're doing this. It's so amazing because I think it's something that I think every, you're put in certain situations and certain places for a reason. And I, I just, I cherish those moments so much. Those are a big part of my memories, especially since a lot of that happened, like all of that happened right before, you know, the shutdown and then, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's definitely a, a great experience. You got your Moon Man in the back that we all we all got our award. Um, so that was really cool. Um, do you have any like upcoming uh, special events or or, or projects coming out yeah. that you want to announce? Yes, yes. So um, I I just uh, started Riley Knox Couture, um, which is my um, couture clothing line. Uh, I always made my own costumes and I never wanted to make costumes for other people. Like I didn't have time because I was performing, but then the pandemic hit and my best friend who was Monique Samuels, she was on The Real Housewives of Potomac. And she had me make her um, outfits for her music video and then also for her reunion. And I had no plans on ever starting a business doing it. Um, I made her reunion gown. And then now I'm right now working with two other Bravo liberties uh, for their reunion. So you guys will see that soon. Well, actually three. Um, and then um, also working with on some other things. I'm about to start shooting. Wait, I don't know. Can I say that? Um, well, I did a movie that will be coming out. And then I'm also, you guys will see me maybe on the small screen also very soon. Um, so a lot of fun things happening. I'm dying to get back on stage. I really am. Um, whenever and hopefully that'll be possible very soon but until then um it's you know other parts of my creativity um and other ways to challenge myself because obviously in the in the movie and the series i'm not um i'm not impersonating beyonce uh, yeah. so i get to channel other things that's great yeah. she's yeah. booked so, and blessed that's yeah that's great well um mm -hmm. where can everybody find you like on social you media. You can find me on, on uh, Riley Knox, two X's, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all those places, yeah. Well, we have so enjoyed having you today. Can we play a game real so quick? You want to play a game? I want to play a quick yes. game. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. so um, it's like two truths and a lie. Okay. It is, um, it's porn titles. Oh, okay. okay. So I'm going to give you two real porn titles and one fake one. And you've got okay. to figure out which one is the fake. Okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> 28 dicks later, <laughs> when the dick turns, beauty and the bitch. All right. So I'm going to go with Trinity first. Which one do you think is the fake title? The, uh, the, the middle one. What was the middle one? Yeah. When the dick the, turns. When the dick turns. Yeah. When the dick turns. That, that is just, I mean, it sounds too real. It's not as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, yeah. Ed? 
I definitely was going to say B when the dick turns. I don't even understand what that means. Is that? I think it's a play on like as the world turns that soap opera. Would it be as the dick turns? As the dick turns instead of the. I, don't, I think I think. Oh, as yeah. the dick turns, I think that would probably be better. Yeah. Well, you're both right. That's the fake one. Anyway. Yay! Okay, good. The fake dick. We we figured it out. <laughs> so make sure you go in. You can download Twenty Eight Dicks Later and Beauty and the Bitch. Was, was Twenty Eight Dicks Later? Was that like a parody of like the zombie? So oh, like Twenty Eight Days Later. Some girl is is having sex with the, like men dressed as zombies. I don't know. <laughs> oh, maybe it's just Twenty Eight of them. Oh my god! A whole and then she's team. walking like a zombie afterwards. <laughs> a whole basketball team, right? <laughs> that was fine. Oh, it has been so lovely getting to know you. Yeah, it's been lovely being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really oh. appreciate this. I love it. Well, we hopefully love we you. get to hang out sometime soon. Maybe all three of us, if you come to Orlando. I know. Oh yeah, I would love that. I would love that. I have a pool. Come down anytime. I have a guest oh, well, room. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, great to talk with you. And I hope that um, you have a blessed day and um, good luck with all of your projects coming up. Thank you. Break so a lash. Much. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, girl, I don't know about you, but I am inspired to go turn on the leaf blower outside, put on my longest, thinnest wig, and feel my Beyonce fantasy now. <laughs> Not the longest, thinnest wig. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need something that doesn't have so much hairspray so it'll just blow in the breeze. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you could just, you know, uh, uh, go uh, with uh, without a shirt. You know, your back hair would just blow in the wind. That's true, but it also might get tangled. Oh, true, true. Uh, but if it gets wrapped around a tree, then there's a lovely hammock for the, <laughs> for the neighbors to rest in. <laughs> now that this conversation has, like, totally turned left. <laughs> well, everybody, we love you so much, and thank you for making us a part of your week. Remember, we are here every single week, and we are Working Girls. Working Girls. The podcast. And you can find me on all social media at Trinity the Tuck. I'm a little more complicated. I'm a woman of mystery. So on Instagram, I am at Ginger Minge. On Twitter and TikTok, I am at the Ginger Minge. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I'm also going through puberty right now, <laughs> Mrs. Brady. <laughs> Thank you all for listening and hopefully you tune in next week. No, hopefully, bitch, you better be you here. Better, okay, yes, you, you better, better be you here. You better be here because our next guest next week is Fierce, one of my idols. I love her. We know. 